Hey, everybody. We're here with Alex Noriega. Uh, Alex has been on the podcast before, so if you want to get his background, definitely go back and check out that episode. But Alex, I wanted to talk to you about the concept, and I've been thinking about this quote from Ansel Adams for a few months now of 12 photos a year is considered a good crop. Um, in this day and age, I feel like everything is so rushed and we're inundated with quantity over quality that this is kind of a reverse in the idea of curating your images for a long time. And I wanted to speak on that and give that idea more of a voice. Um, and, and I wanted you to have this conversation with because it's kind of the way that you release your photos a few times a year, maybe a handful of images. And now that's kind of the opposite of what everybody else does. Um, why go about it that way? Uh, and what speaks to you as a photographer of doing it that way? Um, well, I think, first of all, thanks for having me back on. Um, I think that social media, before I get into why I do it, is part of the reason that there is this push to do more and constantly release. I mean, it's that's their model, right? They want you to constantly engage. And you'll see on my social media that I I don't use it nearly as much as I should, probably. You know, I've gone like months between posts. But um, if you can divorce yourself from that expectation, then it's just you and your inspiration to create. And that's what's driving it, not some sort of not some sort of like expectation that you post every day or you have a certain amount of work. Um, because I don't think that's going to lead to the best stuff. So that gets to why I do it. I just, I only want to show my best work. And the reason is just that if you're looking at a photo of mine, you have a finite amount of attention you're going to pay me, like on my social media or my website. I want to make sure that you're looking at something that I really want you looking at and not just, you know, something that's not my best work. So that's one reason that I do it. I mean, the main reason, I guess, is uh, your viewers just have finite attention. When you're creating the images in the field and you're looking at what could be included in one of those, do you know during the process of creating that when you're taking the photo or is that you consider the whole process of taking the photo, editing the photo, curating it, getting the ideas? Um, I don't curate in the field. I just take uh -huh. what comes to me, what I see. And that's a process for later. And it can take a long time, actually, because you get excited about photos right when you take them. Um, it's easy to get to, to overlook flaws in the photos, which is fine. I mean, it's fine if you're photos aren't perfect, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist and um, I don't like regretting putting photos in the world if they weren't ready or if they just if I had a better version of them or if they just weren't up to my standards. So I like to wait and uh, give it some time for that initial excitement to die down so that I can look at my own work more objectively. And so I'm not really trying to curate in the field. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're like, this is a great one. This is going to be in no matter what. But sometimes I don't even know that I have something until I've seen it processed or until I've given it some time. 
What does the word curation actually mean to you? I mean, I guess just a purposeful selection of images, right? Um, yeah, being somewhat selective. I mean, I don't, I am excluding a lot of images. I have uh, many in the archives that would be acceptable, but they're not, you know, I had so, I had a better version of it or I had other images I'd rather you be looking at. Um, so curation, I suppose, is just the process of selection. Uh, yeah, exclusion um, to a degree, which is also how my uh, compositions work too. Like I'm trying to exclude things that I don't want you looking at. And the same goes for my actual portfolio, trying to give you the essence of it, the best stuff. Did it take you a long time to reach that way of doing things? I mean, like when social media first started, it was, you kind of do all this at once and you try to get everything out, you know, pretty quickly. Was that how it was for you when you began or did you tra transition over into it? Yeah, that's how it was when I started out because I had kind of, um, I mean, probably misguided, but a desire to prove myself to other people in the community or to show that I could do nature photography or to prove to myself uh, that I could do it or just to build the portfolio. Cause starting out, I didn't have that many images. So, um, I guess I was more hungry then. And as a result, um, I was going for it a lot more like posting photos and being less selective because I was just excited to have something new. And now that I have a portfolio built, I mean, I'm in my 15th year of photography now, uh, at least 12 of those in nature photography. Um, I don't really feel like I need to post everything I ever do. I have a lot of acceptable photos that I've never shown anyone, but I try to make it more interesting because if it's just another thing that I did years ago and it's not, not something new or exceptional, then I mean, that's okay, but I, I'm trying to advance, you know, I'm not trying to stagnate. Is that taxing on you? Um, no, because I think I naturally evolve over time just through curiosity and like my changing preferences. And it's like, I might do something for a few years, like a certain kind of photo. And then I just feel like I'm done with it. And I move on to something else that excites me. It's, it's not like an external expectations thing. It's just my own keeping it interesting, my own way mm. of keeping it interesting. Well, when you hear that quote, from Ansel Adams of 12 photos a year is a good crop. Um, and, and maybe you take yourself back to when you were starting photography and you wanted, you know, to keep posting photos and keep taking new photos and getting, you know, consistency and amounts over quality. Um, what would that person, that photographer who is new into this, think about that quote if he heard it for the first time? Well, a photographer today, I mean, I talk to a wide range of photographers in the community, and sometimes we discuss, you know, just like our, our storage system or whatever, and it comes up that I only have a single eight terabyte drive for everything I've ever done. And they are like, well, that's like two years for me. And I think it's just because we shoot 
differently. So I think someone nowadays, you know, you have focus stacking automatically in the camera, you have exposure bracketing, um, you have this expectation that you're, you know, constantly putting out something new um, online on social media and all the different platforms and trying to keep engagement up all this stuff. I, I mean, I think that 12 would seem like an extremely small number to someone in that context. But and even to me, I mean, I think I can make more than 12 photos a year that are excellent now. But Ansel was on film and things were harder than I think just to come across those uh, those special situations, especially without processing where you can kind of give things a hand if if it wasn't perfect in the field. Um, yeah, I mean, 12 seems not like very much by today's standards, but for me a year would probably be like 30 or 40 photos. So it's not that many, you know, for 365 days, people do 365 projects. And I, I can't imagine how can't imagine how you keep it going. I only have a finite amount of creative juice in me. So it honestly seems exhausting, like a 365 project to think about doing that every single day. I mean, I, I can remember going through periods where like I was taking too many photos or I was putting too much pressure on myself and I didn't even want to like pick up the camera at all during that period of time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not always motivated to shoot, which is a problem, but also it, it can be a problem at times, but it's also, um, I think, a bit of a blessing. I mean, I don't have that pressure on myself all the time because I'm able to recognize that it's just not a time where I'm feeling inspired. I'm not trying to force it. Um, some people have done 365s to great effect, like Jennifer Renwick did one a couple of years ago, and I think she's working on putting it all together still. And um, I think it probably encourages more experimentation. Like you start getting, mm -hmm. you start having to think, well, I can't be somewhere amazing today. So what can I do to like make something interesting? But for me, I just, yeah, it would be tiring. Yeah. When you're looking at, you know, you said you, you work with a lot of photographers and you talk to a lot of people in the community. Um, if they asked you what makes a good collection of images or a portfolio, what would your answer be? <laughs> well, mine would probably be uh, less than ideal as far as the right answer goes, because I think a lot Why? of people, well, because a lot of people would tell you that the the best collection would have like all sorts of variety. You have a mix of grand scenes and intimate scenes. And, um, you know, you'd have small themes within the collection, like maybe little sets that go together, but I'm just, I don't really shoot with a project mindset. So mine come out kind of lopsided, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really shoot with a lot of purpose in terms of choosing the subjects outside of the ones that I really love. So I end up, if I go to Death Valley, I end up with like a ton of dune photos and then like two Badlands photos and maybe one plant photo. It's like I could have, if it was a good collection, like properly assembled, more plant photos, more Badlands. I could think about that. But I just love dunes so much that I'm going to come out with 80% dune photos when I go to Death Valley. So I don't know that my collection is like the most well-rounded, but the overarching principle for me is just that I always release my best work, whatever subject that is. So if you look at it as somebody who 
probably owns a photo book or two. Um, some of our, you know, people who we know the same people and our friends, if you look at portfolios and collections based on the enjoyment of a photo book and looking through them, what are your thoughts on, um, collections in that sense? I mean, the photo books that I, uh, love, I guess, good ones, they tend not to be too repetitive, or at least they spread things out in a way that you don't get bored paging through kind of the same thing. So I try to do that with the collections too. When I put them together, I don't like put all the dunes together and then all the badlands together necessarily. I might have like a row of dunes and then a row of badlands and then some plants and then back to the dunes. Like I try to have the viewing experience not be monotonous. So I think that's kind of the way to do it in a book. And then in a book, if you are separating into chapters, like that book behind you, Eric's uh, Conversations mm -hmm. with Nature, like he has deserts, mountains, forests, and they all kind of had to be uh, similarly sized. And I haven't counted the pages in it, but I think each chapter is substantial. Um, and that's where I would fail if I was trying to make a book out of one outing, because my output is kind of lopsided towards the subjects that I love. But uh, I am working on a book and uh, over time you end up accruing enough of each kind of subject that uh, you're able to curate that into a book that's you know, even well distributed. I think that brings up a really good point though of portfolios and how to view them. Um, because if I'm thinking about a portfolio, right, I'm thinking about topic so much instead of location. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you bring up a good point of, you know, if I go back to the experience of editing my own dune photos that, you know, I come back from death Valley and edit through those, it's exhausting because I'm like, good grief. How many, like how many of these repetitive photos can I actually go through and edit today? Um, so if you think about it, location-based, it switches up the way you see the photos and you see place. And, and like you said, it's not so repetitive. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I mostly shoot the desert. So if I were to go by the most uh, vague location descriptions, like the biomes, then I'd have a portfolio that's 75% desert and then everything else in the world <laughs> would be the other 25%. Um, it's one reason that my website is organized by year, but, um, in terms of like being overwhelmed by the similar photos, when you get back, one way that I get around that is, uh, when I'm in the field, I have my laptop with me and every night or every other night I will go through and just do quick edits on the images that caught my eye or that I was excited about at the time. So remember I said that you want to, or at least I want to, uh, wait for the initial excitement to die down so I can look at things objectively. Hmm. But also that's the time when you're most excited that you might have like the best ideas for a photo. Like you just shot it and you have a particular idea on where you want to process it or um, you're just excited enough that you could process it that night. Um, if you go back later and you have these kind of rough drafts that I do like nightly or every other night on a trip, 
then I can harness the initial excitement by making the rough draft and then still look at it objectively later. Mm -hmm. Rather than what you're talking about, it sounds like you're later looking at hundreds or thousands of Dune exposures and it's overwhelming because they all look kind of the same. They're all raws. Like, which ones do I even choose? Well, if you chose them before when you were excited and then later you just try to refine it, that, that makes it easier. That's how I do it. I forgot the rest of your question, though. I mean, that's pretty much it of like looking at location versus oh. topic. And the other thing is um, location. I mean, I don't I don't like looking at photos as locations in general. Like, oh, why not? Well, because I think there's this um, tendency in the landscape community to equate photos with locations. Like, oh, okay. I went here and got the photo of that location. And I keep going back to the same locations, but I get wildly different photos sometimes because the photo isn't the location or the location isn't what makes the photo you do. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can see the same thing differently uh, depending on your mindset and what your goals are and the day, like the conditions, the lighting. So like, I don't think that, um, I'm not like, oh, I got my Zion shots. You know, I got the, the Watchman shot. It's like, I'm going to go to Zion for the next decade and come up with different stuff every year. I don't like looking at it as like, oh, those are the Zion shots. I like looking at it like, oh, that's that shot of that crazy light and that happened to be in Zion. I think it just leads to more conformity if you look at things as locations. Like you have to find a new location to get new photos. You don't. Right, right. That makes sense. I mean, are you like when you look at it in that sense, though, are you repeating compositions and just looking for different light or conditions? I mean, I, I see composition kind of as uh, I, I don't know who I'm stealing this term from, but visual library or like a language almost like you just build up your library of ideas or your uh, vocabulary, I guess, or inventory. Maybe people talk about visual inventory. I don't, it's not my idea, but, um, you build that up and then you run into situations where things apply really well. So sometimes it is like the same sort of composition and actually you don't even realize you're doing it. Um, for me, that's something I've been talking about privately that I guess I haven't shared is just um, that's something that's come up in making my book is like the pairing of images and how eerily similar images can be sometimes uh, even with wildly different subjects in different years uh, either because nature sort of did a similar thing on a different subject like I have one for example that's an aerial of dunes and it's kind of like this uh, network pattern it wasn't Death Valley. You can't fly a drone in Death Valley. Um, right. And then I have another one that's like mud patterns from in Death Valley, like taken from eye height. And it looks almost exactly the same as this photo taken from hundreds of feet in the air. Hmm. So like nature repeated itself there and the compositions are almost the same. But then I have other instances where it's um, like in Yosemite, I have this photo of leaves on grass, like kind of grasses that were matted down by the flooding. And it's kind of like these swirling grass with leaves dotted over it. 
and the particular places that I put the swirls in the composition. Um, I have another photo that's water with grasses floating on the water and leaves in there. And it, it's like, it all lines up perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like you could lay them over each other and you wouldn't even think like these are different places, different times because the composition is so eerily similar. And that's number one, nature repeating itself. But number two, me repeating myself, like kind of putting my preferences and uh, thoughts on balance or whatever on the scene. So I've been thinking about that a lot. I think I'm kind of going off the rails here, though. No, this is great, though, because it goes into like the ideas behind creating a portfolio that can be put into a larger product that is like a book. So yeah, you end up with, I mean, when really, when you start curating a book, especially, um, you'll, or any portfolio, you'll start to see your own tendencies and preferences. And sometimes, <laughs> well, like sometimes I'll notice a photo that's years apart that it's like, Oh, I kind of just did the exact same thing there, but other, <laughs> but other times it's like, Oh, these are totally different subjects, but they look almost the same. Like that's mm. interesting. That's more interesting than just doing the exact same thing on the same subject. So it could be used to an advantage. Curating a book, putting it together though, with just a handful of images every single year. I'm curious for you, has that made it easier because you have less to choose from or has that made it more difficult because you're thinking you know i i wish this portfolio was more complete um well first of all the book behind you eric's conversations with nature that's kind of like a whole portfolio type book like it kind of hit yeah hit all of his um different subjects i guess like different things that he was shooting it's kind of like right but it says photographs from around the world yeah Whereas his new one is just oh. the desert and it's more focused i like it better as a result i like both um the new one this really podcast but, brought to you by eric bennett <laughs> yeah by i just way. keep i just keep seeing it in the background and it's a good example <laughs> um but the my book is more like the second one it's it's a desert book and it's um, so that kind of helps narrow it down. It's not like mm -hmm. I'm choosing from all the photos I've ever taken, but also I mean, my portfolio on my website, I might have like 400 photos over okay. four, 14 years or something. And the book is like 140. So I mean, I still have to narrow it down quite a bit. Um, I, I guess I, the most difficult thing is deciding whether the photo is good enough to be immortalized because you can always change something on your website but once the book's printed that's how it's going to be forever mm -hmm. you know people will have it in their house forever or it'll be on ebay floating to someone else <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it i guess i'm being even more discerning than usual when it comes to curating the book like there are photos that i'm happy to put on my website that i'm like i don't know if i want this in the book i don't know if i like it enough okay I asked you earlier if that process for you was taxing. Uh, I'm going to repeat the question, but in a new sense. Uh, mm -hmm. You just used a really interesting word to describe creating a book and having images out there by saying immortalizing the work. Um, is that word taxing to you? 
No, by that I just mean I mean the rest of my life. You know, I don't I don't know if anyone will care about my work when I'm gone, but um but just on the website, like I can always revise something if I see sure. a mistake or or just remove the photo. Sure. So yeah, taxing, no, but um it really makes me pick the photos that I have never really made any changes to because I got them right the first time that I, mm -hmm. you know, I knew exactly where they needed to be. Even when I wasn't as good a photographer or a processor as I am now, I still have some photos almost 10 years ago that I haven't touched since I initially processed them. Mm -hmm. But then I have others I look at, I'm like, well, that looks terrible. Like I would do that <laughs> completely differently now. So the ones that I got right the first time, those are like, they've already stood the test of time. So I'm not afraid to put them in the book. I already know that I like them. It, where it gets sketchy is the new stuff. It's like, am I still too excited about this? Am I able to look at it objectively? Because there are there are a few things that aren't on my website that are going into the book. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, have I really tested this? Have I looked at it enough? What what determines testing it? Looking at it a lot, giving it time and exposure. So, you know, a lot of people will print their work and put it on their walls and just look at it day after day. And if you get sick of it, that doesn't mean it's bad, but um, there are some photos that you wouldn't mind looking at forever, you know, and some that it's like, oh, maybe I don't like that as much as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. I actually don't do that with my work so much because I, I don't want to get sick of my best work. I'm afraid <laughs> of getting sick of it. So, um, you know, instead of like setting my background to on my computer to one of my photos, I have like just the default backgrounds because I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get sick of my work, but, um, but yeah, just, I look at my own website a lot, not because I'm like full of myself, but just cause I want to like evaluate it constantly. Mm -hmm. And, um, that helps me determine which images I like the most. Is that evaluation not only of websites, but is that something that you would recommend other photographers doing more often? I mean, evaluating your own work. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think that if you think I'm a good photographer, it's probably because I'm good at evaluating my best work, not because I'm just always a good photographer. Because I take so many bad photos and so many just okay, mediocre photos. But I think I'm pretty decent at not showing them to you, or at least realizing eventually that that they're not that great and not continuing to present them. Um, so I think that people can become better photographers just by being more selective. But at the same time, I don't want to discourage experimentation, and having fun and all that. You, know, you don't have to be a perfectionist. I have perfectionist tendencies so that it works for me to do it that way. But there are people that that would seem like pressure, you know, like I have to be the best all the time and they just want to have fun with it. So what you're saying is the key to being a great photographer is just hiding, hiding mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> hiding that's a key. That I think, I think that I, yeah, I think that I seem better than I am. If you just look at my best work and I think that's okay. true for anyone, you know? And I think, um, that if you pay a lot of attention to curation and, uh, give yourself a lot of time to evaluate your work and look at it objectively, like when you're not as excited about it later, that yeah, you'll you'll get better too. At least in terms of the experience a viewer has when they look at your 
um, your images. That's really interesting. It, it, it makes you think about like not only your improvement as a photographer over the years. And, and when I say your, I'm just saying to like anybody listening, myself, you, the um, yeah, absolutely. Um, because it, there's so much emphasis on like improving your work over time. And there's maybe not so much emphasis on improving your categorization, I, I guess I should say, of what is considered great, good, mediocre, bad. Um, and, and we do it, I mean, not to not to put like a process in your mouth of how you go through your photos. But, you know, if I'm just going through Lightroom real quick after a trip, and I'm categorizing my photos out as to which are my favorite from the trip, I do it in that all the time. But it's almost like once that process is is over i'm kind of ignoring that uh once the processing begins yeah i think i'm still sometimes i'll go through and process a whole set and then i'm like oh i don't like six of these now that i see them done <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> um i actually don't like these and that was a waste of time but not really because i needed to spend that time with them to realize i don't like them mm -hmm. um yeah i think i forgot your question I already got off the rails. No, I mean, it's just talking about like the process of kind of getting good at, at determining oh, yeah, yeah. what's a yeah, great so, good. Yeah, I think that evaluation is a, I mean, if you're able to evaluate your work and you can also do it on others' work. I mean, you don't have to say it in a comment, but you can sure. look at other people's work and kind of critique it in your mind privately just like what would you do differently what do you like about it what don't you like just study it um getting good at evaluating work i think and being able to determine what's special because you've seen enough of a not special version of that shot to know like this is really special like that is a good skill to have i think you mentioned your book too um are you proud of your book thus far? Yeah, but I, I mean, it's, it's still in the, the early stages. I have the images curated for the most part uh -huh. and paired up, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be really proud of it when it's done. I'll tell you that I'm going to sure. put in the work necessary to be proud of it when it's done. What do you and have looking left? at it? It's like, um, I have an essay to write and I have a couple guest essays to collect. Okay. Um, and just some like design layout stuff. Like I know what I want it to look like, but some of that's grunt work, um, actually laying everything out and like making the appendix and all that. But the, the meat of the book is the photos and they're already pretty much taken unless I come up with something this winter that I need to add in. Mm -hmm. Um, I already have the photos and I have them paired up and, yeah uh i'm happy with them i mean it's 10 years of work that'll be in the book so a lot of it weighted towards recent years because i think i've gotten better over time but i do have some photos from 10 years ago that have made it when we're talking about curation um and taking that long that that amount of body of work like 10 years is a, a lot of photos right 
and a lot of progress as a photographer. Do you think it takes that long or maybe even longer to actually sit down and look at a collection of images that much and say, okay, I'm ready to do a book. Let's, let's do this. Let's hit the tracks. Well, I think that depends on, um, your goals for the book and how prolific you are, like how many photos you actually produce. I think that I produce a very low amount of photos compared to most photographers. You do. I can, I can talk for the photography community. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, oh, you're saying you want more. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> okay. Um, What was the question? Like, does the, t <laughs> maybe you do need more coffee right now. The, the question was, yeah, I'm still um, waking up, man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> when you are looking at the 10 years, do you think it takes that long to create oh, yeah. a book or longer? Well, I, yeah, I knew I wanted to make a book years ago, but I didn't think that I was there yet. Mm. Um, because you start putting together, I guess for me, it's, it's that immortalization thing. It's like, I can't change this once it's done, not right. immortalized, maybe immutable is a better word. Hmm. Um, non-fungible. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> um, yeah, it's immutable like the blockchain. Uh, it, uh, it makes you really think like, do I want, do I really want this photo in the book? And when I tried a few years ago, putting something together, I didn't think that I had it yet even though I had enough photos to fill a book, I didn't think that I had a theme. Like I could have done mm -hmm. a, a retrospective of sorts, like my first 10 years as a photographer or whatever, and put in kind of all my photos or not all of them, but you know, like every type of photo, but I wanted the book to have more of a theme, um, more kind of focused mm. uh, idea behind it. So then when I did that, and I knew I wanted it to be a desert book. It's like, I think in order to make the size of the book I want, you know, not just having it be a little uh, brochure, so to say. Pamphlet. pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I want it to be like a really nice, meaty uh, art book, then I didn't think that I had enough photos that I was willing to uh, put out there forever, you know? Sure. Sure. And that's Do just you me think... because I don't produce that many photos. So. Well, if you had done that retrospective book, would you be, would you be proud of that one? Or would it be like Probably something, something the... less left to be desired? Well, I think in terms of the photos, I'd probably be happy with it. Sure. But in terms of the assemblage, like the, the theme, it would just be like nature photography. So okay. I don't think I'm at the point where a retrospective makes sense for me. I mean, I think I need another couple of decades before I'm doing that sort of like, it's kind of like writing a memoir. Yeah. It's like, I'm not there yet. I, unless I know I'm going to die tomorrow, then I'll, then I might do it. Um, you know, if I get very sick, then I would want to write the memoir early or do the, the photo book memoir. But, um, yeah, I just, I want the books to have more of an identity, I guess, early on, mm -hmm. other than just Alex Noriega. So, um, yeah, I mean, I might have a book on trees. I could have a book on dunes. Um, even those subjects, like my most prolific subjects, I don't have enough to fill a book yet. But the desert is, you know, it's been driving most of my work for the last 10 years. So I think that's a good 
theme to at least narrow it down to something. What do you love about it so much? Um, well, I'm going to talk about that in my book. No, oh, wow. No, I, no I, uh, it's, you know, that's not till later this year. Um, sure. The desert, I love that for some reason, wide open spaces, first of all, are really calming to me. And like, I don't feel as calm in a forest. Like, hmm. I know forests are really nice places, but it doesn't give me the same feeling as like looking out over miles of desert. And um, the other thing about the desert is that everything seems uh, special, I guess. Any little like curiosity or life or anything that you find there seems special. Whereas in a forest, it's kind of like an abundance, like uh, overwhelming almost to me. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I have a lot of photos of like lone trees in the desert or a few trees um, or just like a certain pattern or a particular formation in the landscape. I just feel like it all hits harder there. But really, it's just peaceful to me. That's the number one thing is how I feel when I'm there. And the photos, I think either they reflect that or I just jive more with that subject matter. Mm -hmm. um, I think that another thing about open landscapes is that uh, light. Uh, I guess it reflects the light of the day more, like the light of what's happening in the world, like the mood, the atmosphere yeah. of the day. Whereas like in the forest, it's always kind of dark and you might have a few spotlights, but it's it's never really that different, you know? Yeah. And I'm just yeah, I'm picking I, on forest because it's kind of the opposite sort of landscape. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. I I've thought about this recently too, and it's I thought about the desert specifically of why it seems a little bit more exciting to photograph. Um, and I think it's the like public perception of what a desert is just inhospitable, boring, boring. hot, brown. just brown. Yeah. I think, I think that's part of why I want the book to be a desert book too, is not uh -huh. just because most of my work is that, but I just want to be like, Hey, look, there's more to it than you think. Cause I have heard right. people saying that death Valley is like boring and Brown and featureless. And it's like, yeah, you just aren't looking hard enough. Like you're not giving it a chance. Right. Just Cause it's not slapping you in the face with it. Doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like those national park reviews that they share as memes. Yeah. Now. Uh, yeah. Like one well, star from, like photographers in the community. Really? I mean, it's like, it's okay. I don't, I think that way, you know what, I'm going to go on record here and say, I don't think the Redwoods are that interesting photographically. Oh boy. He went there. Yeah. Uh oh. For me, because like, I find it very difficult with such large trees and enclosed spaces to do much different with compositions and, and positioning. Mm. And I think they all kind of look the same, you know, <laughs> they're all right. It's beautiful, honestly, yeah. but in terms of like the variety of things you can find in the desert, like that excites me way more. Um, and I think that like the lushness of a forest or the beauty of the redwoods is kind of a more obvious beauty and the desert is more subtle and like you, it's harder to appreciate initially. I It's more of a challenge. I think it's more of a challenge of exploration myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a few places where you can just roll up and get kind of 
amazing stuff right in your face like Zabriskie sure. point with all yeah. those colorful badlands like stuff like that does exist in the, in the desert but my favorite is the stuff that you would never even know that's just tucked in some corner of a canyon or um, a particular way that the light landed that day on these otherwise featureless looking expanse like it mm -hmm. reveals itself to be this incredible uh, montage of layers and also just time exposed like you can see billions of years sometimes places like the grand canyon mm -hmm. like it mm -hmm. takes so long for that to form it's yeah truly truly well we've talked about portfolios curation I think we've we've really covered it. Um, let's do this. If somebody wants to find more out about you, if they want to, let's see, you've teased your book several times. It was a a um, marketing display by you to get future sales for this book. Uh, where can people go to find that book when it comes out? Uh, and where can people go to find more out about you? Hey, hey, my up? power went out. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, um, I'll just pick up where I was. So we've talked about curation, we've talked about creating new photos, and I think we've just about covered it. And you've teased your book several times. It was a marketing masterclass for future <laughs> sales by you. Um, if people want to find more out about you and want to get first access to that book, where can they go? And uh, what's your website? My website is alexnoriega.com, or you okay. can Google that probably. Uh, <laughs> and what was the other part? My, I, I mean, my social your book. Social... Oh yeah, it's not announced yet. I mean, I know, I know. If you're, you if you're announced on, if you got it on the mailing first. list. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it's breaking the existence, news. The existence of a book. Uh, yeah. In the future, yeah. But I'm not giving you the title or anything like that. Okay. Um, All right. I yeah, it'll be on my website. Uh, might do a pre-sale on it this spring, late spring, something like that. So, yeah, I have a mailing list. I, see, I'm not a marketing masterclass. Uh, I have a mailing <laughs> list you can sign up for on my website, and uh, I've been told that the writing is funny. I, there you go. You know, because there I feel bad sending out marketing i don't like to spam people 
so I try to make it interesting and, and write some funny stuff sometimes. Um, yeah, and that's that's where you'd hear about it or on my social media. If uh, you were part of the you know, small percentage that actually sees any given post. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's Alex Noriega. Alex, thank you so much. Uh, this was enlightening for me. I know it's going to be for other people too, for their curation process. I hope that it is. I'm happy to hear that just rambling for 40 minutes is, is enlightening <laughs> for people. You'd be surprised how, how many enlightening details you can share while rambling. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. It.